Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Welcome to this episode of Family Features. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today we're continuing this third episode looking at the coddling of the American mind. Where's that picture there? Uh, how good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. This is a very important 2018 book that I highly recommend. And today we're going to talk about wising up. How do we, what do we do with this? Because it does not look good. Again, I believe most families and most uh, parents have this good intentions, but there's a lot of bad ideas that have filtered in that we're grabbing onto and that we need to, to rethink. Now, Going back to those bad ideas, the first one is the truth of fragility. We need to stop overprotecting our children and help see that they're anti-fragile, as in they need the stress of um, challenge and um, yeah, to, to grow. It's really, really important. They need the, the stress, stress and, and challenges, all of that, to, to learn, adapt, and grow. Um, safetyism, ooh, scary. We need to really rethink this idea of... Um, the way that we unpack emotional safety and the way this is infiltrated. How do I, what do I do with my feelings? The truth about my feelings. Um, they are not something that I would say is trustworthy data. We need to really be careful with that. Um, and there's lots of examples of that in our culture. And then the third one there was the idea of us versus them. So these things have creeped in and we need to really think through the impact of that. But today I want to talk about, um, and I just lost my page. There it is. Um, what do we do now? What, what's next for our, our country, our society, our world um, to wise up as parents, wise up as families, wise up as a church, wise up in our school systems, especially the university system, which needs some major help. And then how do we make wiser kids? First one, prepare the child for the road not the road for the child. Prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Now, um, helicopter parenting, we mentioned that last time. That's it's something most of us are familiar with. But I've even heard of lawnmower parenting and snowplow parenting. I mean, we're going to just pave the way. To, we have people that are have served time in jail because they've tried to buy their kids' way into certain universities. No, no, no. They need to earn it. You need to earn it. We need to earn it. So what do we do with this? Assume, excuse me, assume that your kids are more capable this month than they were last month. Again, these are tips from the coddling of the American mind. Um, assume that your kids are more capable so that they're growing. Expect more each and every month. Don't just continue on kind of a plateau. Let your kids take more small risks and let them learn from getting some bumps and bruises. If they don't have those, they probably will continue to stay stunted and stuck and not take risks. Um, a third one here, learn about uh, Lenore Skazinski's free-range kids move it, movement and incorporate her lessons into your family's life. Uh, visit the website letgrow.org, letgrow.org. It's the idea of programs that help you learn through independence, which is really helpful for schools, for homes, um, and, and just a great resource. Encourage your children to walk or ride bicycles to and from school at the earliest 
age possible and know where you live and know the what's really possible and and safe as well there's there is some safety concerns obviously but this is important that that ability to to take some of that risk help your kids find a community of kids in the neighborhood who come from families that share your commitment to avoid overprotection um, there's always those parents that just kind of won't let them do this and won't let them do that and won't let them do this and it gets really frustrating find some people that have that you can fit with, if you will. And we're all doing this. We kind of create our communities. Um, but this is an important one. Send your children to an overnight summer camp in the woods for a few weeks weeks, <laughs> and without devices. That's another good one. That's part of what we do, Boy Scouts. And, and it's so great to go out in the woods, but also overnight and um, the risk of that and the um, joys and the great stories. Encourage your children to engage in a lot of productive disagreement. Wow, really? Is that okay? Are you sure? Yes, we need to have more productive disagreement. Um, you can encourage it. It can be done. You can have friends over. This is an important part of a healthy society. Number two, your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your thoughts unguarded. Thoughts come in. They, they're not truth. Be careful with that. Teach your children the basics of cognitive behavioral therapy, just some things we talked about before, of how to have a thought come in, think about it, is this true? And then I make a choice, yes or no, and I actually make action off of that, not off of just the thought or emotion. And even teach your children about mindfulness. Again, it's the same kind of idea of I can choose to take every thought captive, and I can choose my actions, not them being in charge of me. Number three. The line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. So give people the benefit of the doubt. Practice the virtue of intellectual humanity and look very carefully at how your school handles identity politics. You might need to get involved in what's going on at your school. Get involved or get them out. You might need to do something politically or in actions in your community. Get involved. Do something about it. Really, really important. Um, good versus evil, there are people that are out to do harm, and we need to curtail that. There are others that are just really trying to do the best thing. They just need more guidance and more voices even uh, um, against what's being said or proposed. Number four, here's a really good one just in terms of different age ages. Help schools to oppose the great untruths. So getting involved in, with your school at the elementary age. This is their notes from The Calling of the American Mind. Homework in the early grade should be minimal. They need more playtime. They need more unsupervised time. Give more recess with less supervision. Discourage the use of the word safe or safety for anything other than physical safety. And have a no devices policy. This is for elementary. Really important. There's no kid that needs a phone before that, before 16, really. But that's another whole subject. Middle and high school years... This is a different era, a different stage. Okay, well, now it's protect or expand the middle school recess. It's still back to they need play. Cultivate the intellectual virtues, and that's part of what school is supposed to do, not limit, but actually grow. Teach debate and offer a debate club. I've recently thought about this at the university level where I teach, how I personally would maybe make that a requirement instead of maybe speech class or something is Let's get into debate and let's learn to do this well um, because we're not doing this well in society. Assign readings and coursework that promote reasoned discussion. 
This is important to have that discussion and to disagree in the middle and high school years as we head, um, head forward. So there's some good ideas for schools to get involved in schools and to promote in your schools. Number five, limit and refine device time. So place clear limits on device time. Pay as much attention to what your children are doing as you do to how much time they spend doing it. And then protect your child's sleep. Um, so what they're doing on their devices, who they're talking to on devices. Um, and then also just sleep's a big one. My kids go to bed at maybe 11 and read till 2 on a, on a book, an actual paper book. And so even that's, okay, we've got to curtail that in because we need to actually have our sleep, which is really important. Um, the devices, though, this is a, a, a problem I'm seeing a lot with families I talk to that, and I work with that their kids have bought into certain ideologies from stuff they received online and relationships and chat rooms and other groups and just even through their headset playing a video game that they never would have been exposed to that young and in that way if they had, didn't have access to that. And it maybe have had a chance to be challenged if parents knew about it, but more often than not, the parents had no idea. And so then these sit and they fester and they grow and they become their truth. And parents, you're lost at that point and you're in a sense stupid. You don't know anything, you're old uh, and they've moved on without you. We need to prevent that by being aware of what's going on. Now, number six, this last one here, is support a national, new national norm. So their encouragement is service or work before college. We're having kids get into college way too early, and they're basically saying, let's take a year off, do the gap year thing. Um, let's encourage not, not just jumping into college, more schooling. That's um, basically kind of expanded high school for some. Um, and that's an interesting thing to think about. Again, book from the Calling of the American Mind, something for you to think about. Now, those are for the family, I guess for kids. Let's look at universities. So where I teach and um, where hopefully our kids can go, but where, why is there universities? This is their encouragement. This is not a Christian book. This is a secular book. But entwine your identity with freedom of inquiry. This is number one in universities. Entwine your identity with freedom of inquiry. We should be allowed to ask questions. They actually encourage endorsing the Chicago Statement, which you can look that up. But it's the idea of this permission to be challenged and to challenge and to have dialogue and debate and not where we're at in our current culture. Establish a practice of not responding to public outrage. Really important for you on Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere else to not respond um, and do not allow the heckler's veto. Just because someone's loud doesn't mean you change all policies and change everything because of that one person. Number two, pick the best mix of people for the mission. Admit more students who are older and can show evidence of their ability to live independently. That's a really good one. And more and more uh, older students are coming in, transfer students. Admit more students who have attended schools that teach the intellectual virtues and include viewpoint diversity and diversity policies, which is really important. Another one, third, orient and educate for productive disagreement. Again, this all comes back to we've got to teach that it's okay. And right now, we haven't been. So what does this mean to orient and educate for productive disagreement? Explicitly reject the untruth of fragility that what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. 
explicit reject. Again, this is, sounds familiar. The untruth of emotional regulation, always trusting your emotions. And explicit reject the untruth of us versus them. Life is a battle between good people and evil people. We must undo these. And number four, draw a circle around the community. Foster school spirit. Protect physical safety, yes. Host civil cross-partisan events for students. That's what universities can do, and I do highly recommend looking into this. Now, wiser societies, getting this broader, young people are anti-fragile. The wisdom here is prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child, and get rid of this idea of what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Two, we are all prone to emotional reasoning and the confirmation bias. So, wisdom is your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own thoughts that go unguarded. But once mastered, no one can help you as much, not even your father or mother. So, always trusting your feelings? No, we need to actually think for ourselves. And number three, we're prone to dichotomous thinking and tribalism. Careful with that. The wisdom here, the line dividing good and evil, cuts through the heart of every human being. We need to reject that life is a battle between good people and evil people. What's going on now? Our culture actually has a fight right now and a push against social media and the impact. And even some social media companies are starting to do their own research and potentially making changes. We're moving in a, potentially in a good direction in terms of having that. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I highly recommend it because it'll have you think through what's happening. Free play and freedom. We need more free play and freedom. We need to introduce that. We need to encourage that. It's happening. I've seen schools uh, across the country where they've doubled or just added a second or third recess and ADD and other problems go down significantly in the school. This We know this on the data. We just need to put this in action. Um, we need better identity politics and then universities committing to truth as a process versus what's happening now where we're really, really, really indoctrinating in a way that's doing a lot of harm. So I hope this is encouraging to you to pick this up and read it, The Coddling of the American Mind, um, but also to uh, think for yourself and think through what not, might need to change for your family, for society, for the things you might need to get involved in in your school um, and other places in your arena where you live. But this is a call out to us that we need to stop coddling the American mind and Yes, good intentions are good intentions. Bad ideas are bad ideas. But we are setting up a generation for failure, so let's stop it. Bless you. Bless your family. Bless your family tree. Talk to you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at bookdrg.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.